Before the holidays are over, hustle bustle is calmed down, feels a little colder, maybe a little darker. Tis the season to be sad. Yeah. And the big question is, is sad making you sad? And this is Chick to Chick. So Flora, way back in college, way back, I actually reported on this. I did this for the the school um, radio and we talked about SAD, seasonal affective disorder. Now, I never really knew about it. And the reason why I never really knew about it is because I'm going to tilt my camera. I love to ski. Okay. I love outdoors. So as soon as it gets cold, the flakes are flying. My bones are on the ski slope. So I'm excited. But what I learned way back then is that that is not the case for a lot of people. And sad is really a problem. It really is a problem. And it's not just in your head. I mean, it's cold out there. It gets dark. You know, sooner we don't have as much daylight. You're stuck in the house. There's not a lot to do. The holidays are over. You start to get sad, you start to get depressed. And I think people need to realize that it really, it, it's a real thing. It's not just in your head, you're not imagining it. And it can have a profound impact on your mood, how you feel, how you look at the day. And I, you know, I think there are ways to remedy this mm-hmm. as well to try to, you know, try to conquer this and try to get over the winter blues. You know, you go out and ski. I go for walks every day right. to try to keep my spirits up. But it's a tough thing to deal with, um, which brings us to our guest today, Dr. Ramita Nair. She is a psychiatrist. And doctor, thank you so much for joining us. And let's just cut right to the chase. SAD, seasonal affective disorder. It's a real thing. It's not just imagined, is it? Yes, it is a real thing. And again, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, I'm always excited to provide some education and to help dispel myths regarding psychiatric conditions. Uh, Because the good news is there's treatment for these conditions, very good treatment. It's a very exciting time to be in psychiatry because we have treatment. So I first want to clarify, like SAD or seasonal affective disorder is a DSM uh, categorized uh, disorder of depression categorized under major depressive disorder, right? So it's not just the winter blues, okay? It's a fully defined diagnosis and it looks just like clinical depression with the uh, caveat that it gets triggered in the fall. And so people with SAD have the same exact symptoms as someone with a clinical depression. So feeling down, not being able to sleep uh, or too much sleep, change in appetite, suicidal thoughts, guilt, uh, lack of interest in things, difficulty with focus and concentration. And it really can impact functionality, let alone if it's severe and someone's got suicidal thinking, right? Now, this is very different from winter blues. It's kind of the same difference between baby blues and somebody having a full-blown depression like postpartum depression. So if we elaborate that on a little bit, what I'm understanding from you is that a lot of these folks already have an underlying depression that's going on. Maybe they're doing fine being treated, but when we come into the colder, you know, shorter days and people just don't feel as happy, they just don't have the happiness of being able to get out and, you know, enjoy maybe better weather. Is that what it kind of trigger? Is that what's triggering people is the real change in the season that kind of makes things worse? 
So, you know, it's a really good question. And the scientists have been looking at this for a while. It's uh, really interesting to kind of talk about it. I mean, there is a segment of people that have sad that have had major depression and uh, it's a, a risk factor for developing sad as well. But there's some people that have just sad or seasonal affective disorder. It can start as early as your late teens, early 20s. It just gets missed, especially if they're mild symptoms. Uh, you know, we're raised to kind of tolerate more pain than we need to and uh, struggle more than we need to, right? And so I think that's why it gets missed. Uh, I often am diagnosing it retrospectively when someone's like, yeah, uh, doc, for the you know last 20 years, every winter I tend to get really down. And then gradually the episodes can get worse. So the, the the research that we're looking at, they, they've not really been able to define a specific one uh, cause of this condition, right? But scientists are very uh, interested in a couple of different um, chemicals that are present in our brain. So serotonin is a really important chemical, what we call a neurotransmitter, which mm -hmm. means that it is what provides communication from one neuron to another neuron, right? And the uh, other uh, chemical that's really been implicated is melatonin, right, which is a hormone. And so there is uh, an implication that these two, and possibly even dopamine to some extent, uh, are impacted in people that have a tendency to develop seasonal affective disorder. Um, and what they found, which is so interesting, uh, I, I'm a science nerd, so I find this kind of stuff really exci exciting and interesting. But what they found is that um, there probably is an access from the vision to the brain that helps our body stay in sync with the day-night rhythm, right? So our body is more awake during the day and uh, gets drowsy and tired at night. And so disruption in this what we call circadian rhythm or the body sleep awake cycle, okay, hmm. can play a role. And there are some people that may just be susceptible to this. Um, they've been able to find a number of genes uh, that play a role, but they've not yet fully like, done studies replicating these genes, but it's just fascinating to kind of look at this information. So having said all that, then what are some of the signs and symptoms um, for someone to look for, how do I know if I have SAD or if I just have the winter blues? So it, it's the severity of symptoms. It's the amount of impact it has on functioning. Because, you know, with, with just the uh, winter blues, it's much easier to push yourself and say, okay, I'm just going to go exercise and I feel better. Because a lot of the treatment, uh, you know, clearly you, you guys are both doing things that are very effective in prevention of clinical depression, right? It's very hard when someone is fully depressed to say, go exercise, even though it can really, really help, okay? So the difference is the level of severity, the impact on functioning, if there's suicidal thoughts, um, that's really what you're looking at. So you have to have at least two weeks, okay, of feeling sad or down for most of the day, okay? lack of interest in things, difficulty in having pleasure, uh, too much sleep, feeling tired despite getting too much sleep, just a lot of guilt, um, feeling low self-esteem. So it's the severity of that and suicidal thoughts or thoughts of death. Well, that makes sense. And so if someone is listening, watching this, and they're either going, oh my goodness, this sounds like what I'm going through or what I've been going through, or it sounds like one of my loved ones 
What's the first step that they should take to try to seek some help? They should call their doctor. Uh, start with their primary care doctor. Uh, antidepressants can help. Uh, light therapy can help. Cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a specific type of talk therapy, that can help. So really effective help is there. And the other thing is to then start working at prevention, right? Uh, preventing is the best way of managing it. And so, you know, because some of these people that have SAD, they're not feeling well 40% of the year. That's a long time to not be functioning well, you know? So uh, with the light therapy then, does that mean mm-hmm. if I move to Florida, I'm going to feel better? I mean, is- <laughs> you, you actually may. I mean, that you actually may. They, what they've seen is like uh, um, seasonally places that have a lot less sunlight. So if you have less than four or five hours of sunlight in that area, people have higher rates of seasonal affective disorder. So Alaska's looked at a lot and they're using bright light therapy like uh, uh, with uh, a brightness factor of about 10,000 luxes. Uh, to get an idea, bright morning sunlight's about 50,000 luxes. Um, I, I have my own. I use, uh, I've been Can using Can we see one. it? Can we see sure. it? This is very old. I That's got okay. mine from Costco. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the Go Light. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually initially started using it because I had trouble with jet lag. Uh, I have family in India and we would go. And as I became an adult, it was only a two-week trip. <laughs> so by the time I would get used to the 10, 11-hour time difference, it was time to come back. Coming back was much harder. So traveling west is usually harder with jet lag. So I've kind of used this uh, since then. So if you're using it preventatively, even for winter blues, uh, I'm a very strong proponent of prevention, preventing winter blues. Um, so I would say start in... October, November, if you definitely have been diagnosed. But I would still caution people to just randomly do it because these devices are not FDA regulated. There can be some um, risk of damage also. So I don't just want everyone to go out and go buy a machine uh, either. You know, um, I, I want to caution people. There's a subset of people uh, that can develop a seasonal affective disorder that have bipolar disorder, and they actually can get too activated and it can mm. lead to a manic episode. Uh, plus they can be a risk to damage to the eyes. So the message here is this is a real thing. It's real not thing. imagined, but yeah. there are ways to manage it. As yes. you said, call your doctor. Uh, you can be prescribed medication or light therapy. You don't have to live like this. Right? No, you don't. It, it's, it's like telling someone nowadays to not use glasses. Uh, you know, to be able to compensate for their vision. This is not a character issue. This is not a personality thing. This is, and you know, when you're saying it's not in your head, actually it is in your head, Yeah, but it's yeah. not imagined, right? Right. right? Our, our, our brain is an exquisite uh, organ, uh, but it's a physical organ that can have problems like any other part of our body. Doctor, Doctor this, this is... Yeah, just gonna Go say, Carrie. <laughs> this is great advice. That's what Florida and I were both going to say. And I, you know, we all, our hope is that whoever's listening and watching really mm-hmm. learns something and we can help them. So, whoever is watching and listening today, uh, I think, Doctor, you gave some wonderful advice so that people can remove the sad from being as sad as it really is. Thank you so, so much important. for being with us today. Not yeah. at all. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. I loved everything that she had to say. Um, I I like to hear that it's in our head, but it's not imagined. And uh, I'm looking at the cure to like jet set and go to Florida, Carrie. 
Let's just yeah. go to kid. Let's go to Florida, but you won't go with me because you need to ski. I, I get it. You know what? I'll I go with it. you when ski season is over because then I'm going to be <laughs> bummed. Okay. But you know, the bottom line is, is that mental health is incredibly important. Mental wellness is as important mm. as our physical wellness and they're in tandem. And so whatever people can do to feel better and treat themselves better, that's what they should do. So I think the messaging today was just that you can get help. You can get through it. We always appreciate you being with us and we hope that you will come back when we are chirping about another topic. Thank you.